Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 85 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show, as always, is co-host, Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this um, rainy Monday here in D.C.? I don't know about you in Chicago. How are you doing? It was pretty nice today in Chicago, actually. Uh, quite sunny. Uh, and we had daylight close until maybe 5.30 or so. The days are getting longer. Love to yes, see that. Because yes, absolutely. I, I hate when I go into the office and it's dark, leave the office and it's dark. It's been, it's been much better recently. So I'm looking forward to that getting going. But uh, I'm doing all right. Good, good, yeah. Uh, I'm 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 doing okay for a Monday. I guess it is. <laughs> uh, Mondays are you know uh, always uh, difficult sometimes when you go to work. But um, it's also difficult when Schalke don't necessarily play to their top performances as we that we saw this weekend. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we have some interesting game to talk about, and that's really let's go back to since the last recording uh, we did play Hertha Berlin in the DFB Pokal. That was quite the exciting game, Jack. Um, Yeah, you want to you want to kind of recap for us real quick uh, how that game kind of went? It was very crazy. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, <laughs> the game against Hertha in the league that preceded that was uh, was very much uh, a snooze fest, I think. And so I think we were all hoping that this game would give us a little bit more um, to be excited about. Uh, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it was maybe a little bit too much for us to be excited about early on because it was not. Uh, going our way there early. Uh, Hertha jumps out to um, a 2-0 lead in this one. Um, first goal, uh, just not great tracking back on the defense. They kind of just run right down the side, play a pretty easy ball uncontested into the box. Um, slipped near post, beats Newble. Not really his fault. I would put that one more on the uh, the feet of the defenders there. That was Kupka in the 12th minute with that goal. And then uh, the new man, Piatek, or Piantek, I should say, um ac milan we saw him a little bit i think in the uh he's got subbed on i believe maybe in the yeah. second half of that one and then yeah. he started this one and and uh wouldn't you know it uh beginning to justify that that transfer fee that Hertha paid for him um although you got to say uh pretty brutal goalkeeping from from Nubel on that one um you know the man who is so much better than schubert <laughs> apparently or at least some would some would try to claim um so we find ourselves uh two nil down at halftime, uh, looking pretty disastrous because, you know, as you said, like we beat them earlier in the season in the Hinrunda. Um, not a great game, but certainly a team you, you feel like you probably shouldn't be getting clobbered by, right? I mean, pretty fairly yeah. comparable. Yeah. I think we're better than them, but, you know, 2-0 is probably a little bit favorable to them. Uh, and, and then really, we, we don't pull anything back until 75th minute or something along those lines. It was pretty late. Daniel Caligiuri um, with a goal that's somewhat reminiscent of his goal in the 4-4 against Dortmund a couple years ago. Um, gets the ball, takes it all the way to the end line, cuts back um, into the center of the box and uh, gets the shot off on his left foot where uh, I think he just kind of caught uh, 
the goalkeeper by surprise there. Um, almost looking like he wasn't really even in a position to get a shot off. And he somehow rifles this thing in and, and, and pulls one back. And then just about six minutes later, Harit uh, equalizes it to to force extra time. Um, un- unfortunately, around this point, there was uh, some extracurricular activities, we could call it. Uh, Taruna Riga, apparently the subject of um, so, some racist abuse from the Schalke supporters. Uh, I, I don't know why the match wasn't stopped um, so that – you know, the officials could talk to the teams about it. As far as I'm aware, that's, that's supposed to be a protocol. Right. Sounds like, sounds like nothing happened, even though it was reported, which is unfortunate. I don't know why that was enforced. Um, I mean, it's as far as I think you and I are concerned, it's an absolute embarrassment, um, for the club, especially considering everything that's gone on with Clemens Tenney's earlier in the year and, and the racism scandal early. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we just launched a state off campaign against racism, um, which has been all over social media, and then this happens, which is yeah, not it, good. I mean, nothing we can say about it that hasn't already been said. There's just no place for it, and um, I don't know if the people responsible have been caught yet, but hopefully they are. They're identified and they are banned. They opened the police inquiry. I know that uh, for sure, and so hopefully they will be uh, found out and uh, banned for life. Yeah, I mean, 100. percent But um, Taruna Riga was getting pretty visibly frustrated, which is completely understandable yeah um and then I, I forget what minute this takes place but uh he's he's tackled by mascarell pretty hard tackle yeah. and he kind of goes flying out of bounds and as he's getting up he throws um like a water crate uh maybe in frustration from the the, the tackle but probably the larger context of the abuse he's suffering and everything and he gets a second yellow for that and gets sent off which i mean i understand giving somebody a yellow card for throwing something along those lines but i think given the context of probably why he was doing that it's it's pretty unfair to him um and it, the whole thing is just really unfortunate um and then wagner ultimately gets red carded as well because he was trying to help Torino riga up um i guess var thought that his hand was on the player's neck i guess that was like an aggressive action or something and so that's why um they ultimately went back and red carded wagner who was completely perplexed as to why he had been sent off um yeah just i mean an absolute shit show if we're being honest of uh officiating in this yeah, one yeah. um a lot of things that took place in this one that probably shouldn't have uh but anyway ultimately uh Schalke go into extra time a man up and then uh deep into extra time it is Benito Raman on a uh counterattack sort of box to box um he gets into close to a one-on-one situation with the goalkeeper puts it away and fires us through to the next round so um there's kind of my, my brief rambling overview of that one um happy to advance obviously yeah. uh but that that victory is certainly marred by the events at the Veltons arena um and like like i said hopefully we don't see any more of that um you know you see it in 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 various countries um and you know you're always disappointed to hear about it and you always kind of think like well that's not happening at my club well you know here we go so it's 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 really sad to see and um, you know, hopefully the people that are in the in the stands, the fans that are going to the games um, that witness that um, have the integrity to report it. Yeah. Um, report their fellow supporters uh, so that we can you know live up to our values and create the kind of uh, game day atmosphere that everyone deserves. Absolutely. And it's, it's we're not too long removed from when uh, I think one of the Riviera Derby's last season, uh, it was it was 
criticized that the Dortmund fans were doing the same thing, and we were all our fans were like up and down. Like, oh, what do you? What is this? This is it's un, it's, it's, we can't tolerate this. Da, 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 blah blah blah. And then now we go ahead and do this uh, against Hertha. Uh, it makes no sense, and hopefully uh, those people are they're found out, like I said, and they are banned for life because this is uh, zero tolerance for this BS. And yes, we have the president, and, and he, he's done his thing, but uh, the chairman Tony's, but. Um, Still, it's zero tolerance for that, you know, and we can't decide what happens to uh, the Clemens Tonys or anything, but uh, in terms of the fans who who did it, yeah, if, if we can find who that is, you know, ban them for life, you know, teach them a lesson. Not that it will, throw them in jail too or whatever, but <laughs> I don't know if it'll stick. But yeah, lost in, uh, lost in all of that, uh, Miranda, Juan Miranda is one who kind of set up uh, Ramon on the, on the game-winning goal, uh, heads-up play by the uh, Barcelona player. A f- uh, current Barcelona player, I guess, whatever you want to call it, on the low knee from there. So, uh, good by him. Uh, you know, we've seen glimpses of uh, Todibo as well, and he's done well in his appearances uh, with us. Um, yeah, the red card sucked. Uh, I I didn't see the the Wagner play to warrant the red, and I agree with you about Torino uh, Riga. Um, he shouldn't have gotten the second yellow, but. Um, yeah, what are we what are we gonna do? Right, I should add that uh, the suspension for David Wagner that came about as a result of the red card was overturned. Um, okay. They they reviewed they reviewed that and they ultimately took that away so that they admitted that that obviously should not have been um, a red card offense. In my opinion, he was just trying to help Torino Riga up, uh, and did, it was yeah. the action was sort of misconstrued. But um, yeah, like looked, we said, go ahead. I think I look weird because. You know, Torinariga was just coming off of slamming the, the the cooler on the ground, and so Wagner was trying to like react to that while trying to help him up. So it kind of looked like maybe he did, he did more than he did. I don't know. Maybe that's what the referee saw or VA or so. But uh, I'm glad it was overturned. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, anyway, we we move on from this one, advance. But then, wouldn't you know it? Uh, we draw Bayern Munich <sighs> in the next round, which is, which is not what you would have liked. To have seen, but as we said, going into this uh, this hair to tie, um, you know, if you want to win the DFB Cal, you got to beat big teams at some point. Uh, yeah, obviously, you'd like an easier road to the final, um, but you know, chances are, if you if you're going to win the DFB Cal, you're probably going to come up against Bayern at some point in the tournament. Yeah. And uh, you know, why not now? Who knows? Uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> eight nil on aggregate against them so far this season, which is not promising, and so I, I don't think anyone's going to be going into this one. Uh, with any feelings of, of deep optimism, but uh, you know th- that's that's why you play that's why you play the matches. The games aren't one on paper; they're one on the field. You never know what can happen. So um, we'll be watching, uh, not optimistically, but we'll we'll, we'll be watching. <laughs> There's at least one person who's going to be optimistic. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't play for Schalke. Uh, your buddy Thomas Muller, uh, <laughs> he came out after the draw uh, and. He stated that, um, let me see if I can find this here, uh, once he found out that we played Schalke, he posted a video of Aryan Robin scoring a goal against Schalke in the DFB Pokal, and he made some comment more to the effect of, uh, we should just bring Aryan Robin out of the, out of retirement so we can play against Schalke, so we can beat Schalke, something like that. But um, yeah, he's, uh, he's never shy for words, and uh, I would love, I, it, it may not happen, but I would love if Schalke uses his bulletin board material, even though it wasn't quite, you know, blatant as we've seen other area other teams do it and other players do it use this and say hey this guy's cocky he thinks they're going to walk right over us let's go ahead and you know shove in their face and eliminate them uh, we're at home in this one uh it's better than being at at, at munich for sure uh it's a, it's a tough place to play so uh if we can draw any kind of uh, uh firepower from that or, or draw some kind of energy from that 
do it. I mean, what other, what else you got? I mean, like you said, we're down 8-0 in aggregate. It's not uh, a pretty sight against Byron this year. Yeah, but I think the important thing is that this this is our best chance at, at silverware, our best chance yeah. potentially for like European qualification even maybe. Um, I mean, I, and that's probably not fair to say. Obviously, we're, we're very we're very much in the mix in that regard in terms of our table position. But that would be another potential backdoor into that um, if for some reason things don't go the way we would like them to in the league campaign. So um, certainly not one to to write off as kind of a, you know, a guaranteed defeat. Certainly got to go out there and try to make something happen. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get a shock result and uh, shut Thomas Muller up because nothing would bring me greater satisfaction. Yeah, and I'll definitely wear in my uh, Shock America sweater hoodie there to hopefully uh, give us um, some uh, inspiration and give the lads a little inspiration. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be wearing. I'll be helping. Hopefully, the guys can pull something off uh, in a midweek clash against them. So, you know, it's going to be available at some point. They will be, Jack. Uh, we're working on that. We're trying to figure that out and get the, get it to the masses. I've already a lot of people reached out and say they 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 like the design and uh, they want to see. Uh, if it'll go on sale, and it will be in the near future, we are working that out, aren't we, Jack? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you know, you were talking about maybe this is the only only route towards qualification, uh, and <laughs> based on this weekend's result, that kind of can I can see where that can go from because we played a team Paderborn who were in dead last in the league. I I mentioned this during a, I tweeted this during a game and it's like. Stop playing down to your opponents. If you want to be a, considered a big team, you need to destroy the teams in the bottom half of the table and then play up against the teams that are in the top. And Schalke did not do that uh, in this one. Uh, I was full of confidence. I know you were, too, going against Paderborn. Uh, we should have we easily beat them. Um, and it did not happen. And uh, what's even worse is that uh, early on in the game, uh, like in the first half, Ozan Kabak goes down with an injury. I don't know the extent of the injury at this point, but uh, uh, Jean-Claude Todibo had to come in and, and take his place. You hate to see one of our studs you know, go down with an injury, much less anybody else. Luckily, we got a little bit of depth back there, but still, Kabak, you, he's been so great for us uh, this season, and you hate to see him go down. Have you heard any more about his injury, about what happened or, or what? I think it ended. Uh, there was an MRI today, uh, okay. and I think it just revealed that it was a muscle strain. So there's a chance he actually might be returning to training later in the week. Right. Uh, I'm not confident as to whether or not he's going to be available, uh, but it, it definitely sounds like it's not a long-term injury. Uh, unlike Daniel Caligiuri's, which took place in the DFB Pokal, uh, yeah, yeah uh, which did. is why he was not available for the Paderborn match, and he, I believe, is going to be out for eight weeks, maybe. Something like yeah. that, which is not good because, of course, John Joe Kenny was also unavailable. Um, right? Yes, yeah, so, uh, suddenly looking very thin at that at that position, um, and that's why we saw Becker come in and play right back in this one. Yeah, and I don't think he he lo- he looked pretty good. I thought. Uh, for yeah, the- I th- I thought he acquitted himself pretty well. There there yeah. were times that match where I was, uh, you know, he did a couple of things at, at various moments that really kind of raised an eyebrow for me that I thought were pretty positive. So yeah, definitely not a bad showing from him. He's got good height too. He's he's probably almost as tall as uh, Ochipko, probably or maybe taller. Uh, so it's good good size to him, which is well, good. He's it's, played center back before as well, hasn't he? At the yeah. at the yeah. So I mean, that, that that certainly speaks to that a little bit. Definitely a versatile player. Well, the lineup that we had that started that game, um, Becker, as we mentioned, was playing right back. Kabak started, and Todibo eventually come in, came in from in the first half. Nastasic uh, and Ochipka with Nubel obviously in goal. Uh, we had a midfield of Mascarell, McKinney, Schof, and Harit. And then up top, you had uh, Rahman and Gregorich. This one, I thought, and really the last couple time, last couple performances by Gregorich, he kind of looked out of place almost. He didn't seem like to have it all there. Maybe, I don't know what was going on, but um, 
at least for me, it was apparent that in the first half, Gregorich wasn't um, wasn't in the game for whatever reason. He tried a couple every now and then he would pop up with a chance, but for the most part, he was out of the game. And uh, it wasn't long after the first half or after the second half began that he was uh, subbed off. Uh, but what was your assessment of Gregorich's performance? Not only in the first half, but uh, did you see anything prior to this game that made you maybe raise an eyebrow and think maybe the first game was just uh, fortune? I guess. A pretty electric start to his his tenure at Schalke, match day eighteen against Gladbach. First game of the Rook Render looked looked fantastic, and I, I think everyone was excited, saying like, "Hey, this is exactly the kind of player um, we've been missing in this system." The kind of player that that Bergschaller has unfortunately not been able to be consistently this season. Um, but then after that, his performances have really not been up to that standard. Not of course, I mean, of course, not to say that he should be scoring a goal and getting an assist every game as he did in, in, in Gladbach, but. Um, has yeah has not convinced and he was particularly poor um in this one and i think you even heard the commentators say when when katushu was subbed on that you know gregorich's performance certainly qualified him for a substitution not one of his better performances um it, there was a there was a moment right before he got taken off or like early into the second half where yeah. um McKenney played a nice ball into him in the box on a counterattack and he has i believe becker and Raman um left yeah. side of the box and if he if he just gets his head up and, and realizes where his teammates are i mean it's a tap in goal yeah um Back to either one of them yeah. yeah yeah i mean either one of them it's probably a tap and goal that that could have been our probably our best chance of the entire game if he had uh if he had seen that instead he takes a shot kind of drags it misses it um there was another play a couple minutes after that where he had a promising counterattack developing and he just kind of inexplicably turned around and played it back to like Tadebo or somebody and killed it and at that point the fans kind of turned on him Unfortunately, you heard some uh, some some disgruntled uh, supporters in the Veltons Arena there. So he was uh, subbed off for Katuchu, and you got to say, uh, you know, rightfully so in that situation. I'm still optimistic about what Gregorich can contribute yeah, uh, yeah. for us this this second half of the season here. But um, I mean, if anyone thinks we're going to be displeased to see Ahmed Katuchu on, they haven't listened to this podcast, have they? <laughs> Might as well call the Ahmed Katuchu podcast. Yeah, our man would come on in the uh, 56th minute, um, and automatically, it's like a broken record. Every time he comes on, he makes an impact immediately. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, in the, it wasn't even, what, not even 10 minutes he came in, and he got an assist from uh, Ochipka. Uh, wonderful goal. I know while he was trying to get, set up that shot, a couple of players like Roman and a couple other players like, give me the ball, give me the ball. But, you know, he's a striker. He's going to go and try to score a goal, and he did. I mean, wonderfully placed ball. Um, Katucha doing Katucha things, man. Yeah, I mean, even before the goal, I mean, I think right from when he came on, his combination play was great. He was he was winning some long balls that were being yeah. played to him. Had some fancy back heels and stuff, and, yeah, and even, yeah. he, he just he just immediately seems to liven everybody around him. Um, it, it just it just improves the creativity. Suddenly, when he comes into the offense, it seems like we're just full of ideas that maybe we weren't previously because um, of his movement. Um, Ochipka. I think he faded a little bit in the second half because it kind of became an end-to-end game and he tired out and his yeah. his his um his impact kind of diminished. But I thought he did a really good job in the second half bombing down that left-hand side, being an outlet, um and and uh, being dangerous in the final third there. And you saw it on this play in particular. He he uh, cuts back on uh, I forget who was defending him. It might have it might have been Jans I think, but um cuts back Jans actually falls down he slips because of it and yeah he plays a he cl- plays a ball across the box Shep does a good job dumbing it letting it run to Katuchu who um kind of drags it a couple steps to his right and then fires it across his body back post um drags it low but hits it with with so much pace that the keeper can't get to it it's a, it's a really good goal it's a really good finish and um 
that's just kind of the thing he seems to do. He's he's just uh, he has a confidence about him that I feel like we've we've been missing yeah. from certain people up top at various points of time. And I think Raman's been fairly confident, you know, of late. But Katucho just too. he seems to have that that striker's sort of mentality of like I'm I'm gonna attack, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go after it and get mine. That's what you like to see. So um, fantastic goal and uh, you know a, a really important moment in the match to give us a lead there. Absolutely, and I and I would have loved to see us continue to attack them. For whatever reason, uh, we decided to uh, resort to back and getting back in our shell and kind of play a defensive game and try to hold off a one nothing lead against the bottom bottom of the table team. I didn't understand that. Full credit goes to Stefan Baumgart for the the game plan he instilled in Paderborn. I thought Paderborn was lively in this match. Maybe it's part partly because of us we let them into the game, but I thought after the Katucha goal. Majority of the rest of the game was spent in our half, unfortunately, and we were just let. You know, if you let any opponent do that, it doesn't matter if they're last place or first place. They're going to grow with confidence as the game progresses. And this, as how I felt, uh, Paderborn was getting more and more into the game up until the what the 81st minute when uh, when uh, Mr. Mr. Helmet there with the, the defender Giasulo. Giasula uh, scored the goal, uh, bullet header. I don't know if that, I, I want to say that's cheating, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, he scores the goal, and it was it was a long time coming. And and really, uh, Proger was the guy who was really instigating all the attacks for for Paderborn, in my opinion. And he got the the timely assist on that corner kick. Uh, but yeah, he's probably my man of the match for Paderborn because he all game long he was a pest for us. Yeah, I mean they they really. Um turned it on I think towards the end of the second half there and uh I mean Pattermore's issue all season has really just been defense they've conceded I think something like 45 goals maybe already we scored um, five against them in the Hinrunde exactly exactly but I mean offensively they're not they're not terrible they're not great but they've scored they've scored 26 they're capable of um of making things happen and and so if you if you let them hang around they can be dangerous I mean they we saw them draw Dortmund 3-3 um they lost to Bayern Munich by a smaller margin than we've lost to them in either of our encounters so far this season. Um, three two that one. I think they've beaten Freiburg. So like I mean they've had decent performances yeah. against against big teams, and that's not me trying to make an excuse for this one because obviously it's it's the team that's at the bottom of the table. We put a hurting on them the first time. We should absolutely be able to come out of this one at home with with a victory here. But um, you know, I, you got you got to play ninety minutes. You got to close it out. And I'm not saying that like you know we we really kind of took it for granted or anything like that. But um. What I will say is I think that helmet has to be cheating, right? You can't score a headed goal with a helmet. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe it was Becker, unfortunately, who lost yeah. his man there. He, not lost him, but he, he got he got beat. And I, I think it was uh, Tadebo and Ochipka were in the vicinity but kind of pushed up a little bit too far, and so the ball went right over them. And I question uh, the assignments on that because, well, I mean, yeah, Becker's got great height on him, but – He's a right back. You really should put another center back or a big forward on him, which we didn't have at the moment, um, on a defender. Because the defender, honestly, the central defender is going to be the biggest target uh, as well as a forward. Uh, and you want to guard them with your best, you know, best aerial threats. And I didn't like, the, I didn't like Becker being the one guarding uh, Gasulo, but uh, I guess it is what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. It was, it, it wasn't so much a case of like, uh, you know, like the size battle, right? It was just, he just, he just got beat, man. Um, yeah. yeah. So and it's unfortunate because I think I think that maybe marred what was a a decent performance from him. Uh, I'm not saying I was like worried about him coming into the game, but you know when you have to resort to playing Timo Becker at right back, it's certainly going to be something you're keeping an eye on. And uh, I thought throughout the match, I wasn't really ever overly concerned about. It. I was you know I was totally comfortable with him being out there. 
which I think is a is a big positive for him. So it was unfortunate that it had to kind of end that way. But um, yeah, one one, uh, not the result that we wanted. Uh, trying to bounce back from the, the past couple uh, results, which were you know pretty disappointing for us. So uh, really need to go on and, and get points here against Mainz prior to this this Leipzig game. Yeah, because uh, we we currently sit in sixth place, just two points above Hoffenheim. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen uh, leapfrogged us or, or gained a little point on us. They they won this weekend against uh, our rivals Dortmund, um, and so we're in sixth place at the moment. Uh, we need to, we need to get some wins. Like you said, we're we're playing at Mainz uh, at noon on Sunday, noon Eastern time, I should say, eleven Central time uh, in the U.S. Uh, it's a, it's a pivotal game. We need to win that game. Um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, Mainz currently sit in 15th place uh, on 21 points from 21 games, and so um, they got a minus 17 goal differential. We need to—that means they give up a lot of goals. We need to—we need to score goals and at multiple goals. We can't, you know, do what we did in this game where we get a goal and try to sit back on our laurels. It's not going to do good enough. Uh, we need to get a couple goal leads, get a three goal leads, keep pounding the goals until the end of the game. Kind of like these yeah. teams in the in the upper half, they trying to go for that cutthroat mentality. Just keep scoring goals until the game's over, right? I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, um, but this run of games right here, you played 18th place Paderborn. You played, I think, what what are Hareton now, 14? And now you're going up yeah. against Mainz in 15. These are, these are bottom table teams that present a huge opportunity for us to pick up a lot of points, and we've had consecutive draws. Um, Anything less than a win against Mainz is is very uh, detrimental to the goals that we that we have for the rest of the season because then we're going to have to get some of these points against much much more competent teams and that's obviously less likely. So, um, yeah, frustrating back to back draws here. Hopefully, we can get something better than that against Mainz. Otherwise, this will I think we, come the end of the season, there's a chance we might look back on on this run of fixtures as. as uh, one of the main reasons maybe we didn't qualify for Europe that ends up being the case. That's a that's a that's a great shout, and hopefully we don't have to look back and say that. But this was, this is a pivotal time of the season, and, and drawing or not getting the results against teams that you should be winning against, uh, it, it could come back to haunt us for sure. Uh, naturally, after the game, it was disappointing all, not only for the players but also for the fans. We reached out to uh, Schalke Nation to uh, ask them, you know, your questions and comments that you have for us. Um, to do on air, and so we got a lot of a lot of responses. Uh, a good friend of the show, Marie Schulte Bochum, uh, she responds: um, Which positions need to be prioritized for summer reinforcement to be made on the transfer market? Um, all right, so w- what do you think there? Um, R- real quick, good friend of the show. How about best friend of the show, best Marie Schulte? Bo- I mean, let, let's let's give Marie her her you know her due here. I we think love anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, right back. Right. I mean, whether or not we are able to retain the services of John Joe Kenny remains to be seen and certainly doesn't look particularly likely at this point. I think we touched on that last week. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Caligiuri um, getting up there in years. Right. Uh, still can do a job for you at this point. But uh, I mean, he, he plays further up in the midfield sometimes. Certainly maybe not somebody you want to bank on as being your game in game out uh, right back to the extent that like a Bastion Ochipka is. Um, and speaking of that position. I think that's one as well because Bastino Chipka is also getting up there in years, and uh, you know the long-term future of Juan Miranda at the club, likewise, is is not necessarily um, secured. These are both, you know, Kenny and Miranda are both loan players, um, so I think those are two positions that are that are important. I, I think I think we're probably set at center back 
assuming we can hold on to the talent that we have currently, assuming that like yeah. Kabak isn't immediately flipped in the summer, yeah. assuming that, you know, Nastasic and, and Stambouli and Sine want to want to stay for a bit. Um, I know there's always rumors about Nastasic going to, to Italy. So maybe, maybe that happens at some point. I don't know. But um, I think, I think we're fine there. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would honestly just say probably like, you know, the, the fullback positions and then, you know, bring another striker in up top, because I think it, as far as the midfield goes, uh, Mascarell, Serdar, McKenney, Harit, that's real solid. Yeah. Um, Schofield as well is right in the mix. He's, he does admirable job. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. So I, I, I'm very fine with our midfield at the moment. I, I think, I think with, with a, maybe a more dangerous attack at the top of the attack, um, some better outlets in terms of strikers, maybe, maybe we, and that's not to, you know, dis, dis Ramon, who I, like I said, it has really, I think been fine recently. Um, haven't been overly disappointed with him or anything. He's been, he's been trying to contribute goals, ha- had a really nice opportunity actually in this Paderborn game, um, where, uh, Katucci, right after he came on, play, picked out McKenney on this cross across the box and McKenney had a very cheeky, um, layoff with his chest into the past of Raman and it bounced yeah, up and he had this yeah. like wicked volley that hit the crossbar. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I really thought we had that would have been one of the goals of the season for Schalke at least. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, Raman's a good player. I, I, th- I think he's been and he, he works in David Wagner's system really well, but um, definitely we're, we've been lacking. And this is obviously a storyline for the entire season, lacking a little bit of the cutting edge up top. And so if we can improve there as well, I think that would serve us well. Yeah, and the only thing I'd really add to that uh, on top of what you said is, you know, I'm curious what the goaltender situation is going to be like. Uh, we know we're not going to have Nubel, obviously. Uh, do we bring Fairman back as a, as a backup or as a starter? You know, or if he's, if he's not in the picture at all, we need to find a backup then if Schubert's going to be our guy or find someone who's comparable to be a backup or and or starter. Uh, so, I mean, I'd love to see Schubert continue on, but we need to have a backup in case he gets injured or, or pulls a, a Nubel and Cardi kicks guys someone in the chest. Um, so that is probably the only position I would see that we could add to that. Uh, there was somebody on on, on Twitter uh, who was uh, Quoten Netherlander. Um, he said uh, left back and right wing back uh, are positions uh, that need um, to be filled. And we just talked about that. I agree with that 100%. We need some depth as well in case we do keep some guys. But um, those are areas you need to go. Obviously, supreme goal getter. You were mentioning about a striker. Uh, it's, it, it's absolutely true, and uh, he says, or they say, uh, it's also important to let Harit, Sardar, McKenney, and Kabak know that we're building around them. And I agree. You want to keep your your core guys happy and, and know that they're uh, a competitive squad that's going to try to build and get better. Uh, for, for that's, the reason, that's the main reason they're going to stay, right? They're going to see that team's competitive and trying to do better, uh, not only in the Bundesliga, but also bigger aspirations like Champions League. Everybody wants to play in the Champions League, so you show these guys that you are really trying to build around them and re- build a, a quality team, and that's going to want to keep guys here. Um, another comment we had was Aiden Calhoun, a friend of the show. He says, especially the right-back position because of depth. We, we, we mentioned that. Uh, one comment I didn't quite agree with was uh, Ahmed Jafar. He kind of said, for me, literally, it's every single position. And I kind of strongly disagree with that because our yeah. midfield, we talked about how strong the midfield is. Th- that's that's harsh. I think that's an overreaction to the last couple games um, for sure. I, I mean, I, th- I think there's definitely a number of positions on, on the pitch where we're fairly solid right now. So let's not be that fatalistic about it. But. <laughs> um, Ethan, uh, Ethan, Ethan Tedesco time. Uh, he hey, says, uh, friend of the podcast, Ethan. There you go. We'll have and him we'll, on at some point, right? This second uh, yeah, half. we need to have him back on, man. It was fun when he had him on. Uh, he says, when will Wagner finally play the four two three one again? Uh, that's interesting. I mean, I like the four four two diamond personally. 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against a four-two-three-one. Uh, what are your thoughts? So the the diamond, um, and I love whenever I'm translating a German tweet on Twitter to English because it translates as rhombus, and that's just <laughs> that's just so much. That's a funny word compared to. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the rhombus. No, uh, it has. I think there's been a couple key matches where we've used it and we've been super committed to playing aggressively with it, with you know, pressing and that sort of things against good teams, Leipzig, Gladbach, where it has worked very well. Um, I, I do think that Wagner has come a little, become a little bit reliant on it, and it allows teams to game plan for us perhaps a little bit better. Um, I don't necessarily think it would be a bad idea to change it up every once in a while. Um, just to, I don't know, get, get something fresh in there, put the players in a slightly different position, um, make them think a little bit differently so we don't fall into bad habits, that kind of a thing. I mean, I understand the frustration, especially when you have a couple bad results in a row. Um, it, people get frustrated with the same old thing week after week if it's not working. So uh, I'm, I'm not like totally out on it. I think, I think it's worked for us at various times. I thought we looked good in the second half um, of this Paderborn, Paderborn match. So, um, yeah, but I, I understand Ethan's sentiment here, and uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be upset to uh, see some more differentiation uh, because I- as long as we're not doing kind of like Tedesco last season, right, where we're constantly changing personnel and systems like almost every week, and there's zero continuity for the squad, that makes it way too difficult for our team to play, and obviously that's not the case now. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, a friend. Uh... Ayub, he says, why does it take 45 minutes or getting a goal behind for us to actually wake up? And it's, yeah, it's, it seems like, and it's not necessarily more lately, but it, I've seen it throughout the season where we just were out of games and all of a sudden they score a goal or uh, first half's over and all of a sudden we wake up and start, start performing. And I don't like that. We need to be on the front foot from the beginning. It seems like we're a reactionary team more than anything. That certainly seems to be the case. Uh, there's a stat that I've heard floated around a couple times. I've got to track this down, so don't quote me on this because it could be incorrect. I think we have not scored a goal within the first 15 minutes of any match this season. That is correct. It's something like that. And we've only scored, yep. you know, a few in the first half. You know what I mean? So Yeah, they mentioned uh, it in the podcast – or podcast. They mentioned it in the telecast uh, this past weekend. So Right, yeah. So, I mean, certainly a team that seems to be uh, slow starters for whatever reason – not sure why that is. Maybe it's because the second half is when we tend to uh, see minutes from one Ahmed Katushu. So maybe that's why it's happening. I don't know, but uh, just putting that out there. Uh, yeah, that's something that we need to change. Um, it, it's not good if, if you're having to come from behind. Um, if we can get on the front foot a little bit earlier, uh, that would obviously serve us well because that serves pretty much every team well when that happens. So, uh, yeah, a little bit faster of a start would, would certainly be something to uh, try to put an emphasis on. I mean, since you mentioned the elephant in the room, uh, we got a tweet from Alexi. He says, why don't we free Katuchu? <laughs> We've brought it up every episode, and we, we are also wondering why they don't free Katuchu earlier in the game. My fear is now that um, Katuchu has all these great performances coming off the bench, and maybe Wagner just sees him, I think you mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, that maybe he just sees him as a super sub and wants to have him in his back pocket, kind of like Dortmund have used Paco Alcacer in the past. Uh, they know he's going to score goals, so just bring him on for an ejection of change of pace. He knows we know he's going to liven the team up, the teammates up when he's out there. So maybe he just using him as a super sub. I hope that's not the case. Uh, then again, if you know if our our strikers who start the game, if they perform better and he comes on, that's fine. We've seen games where Ramon and Gregorich or whomever played really well. And we're like, okay, good, use a super sub in that in that instance. But um, 
I don't want to see this like uh, become a, a thing and a, and a career thing where he's just known as a super sub. He needs to be given quality time on the pitch to do his thing, and you know, just having you know a handful of minutes every game is not enough. Yeah, very. very I mean, it could be that that Wagner views him in that super sub role. Um, I know there's some there's some Schalke supporters on Twitter who who like Katuchu but think he actually is better suited coming off the bench rather than. Um, initially, uh, I think he deserves more opportunities to start. I think what he's only started maybe two matches this season, yeah. um, which for a player who looks as good as he does most of the time when he comes on, I think that's probably too few. Um, I, I would love to see a couple games of Benito Raman and and Katuchu from the start just to see, because I, th- I think that movement is much more dynamic and interesting um, than pairing Benito Raman with a Gregorich or, or Bergstaller, so um, that would be interesting. I, I think I think it would be interesting, even potentially to move Harid out to like left mid or like winger and, and put Katushu in sort of like a number ten and and see if he can do some damage there because we've seen that his combination play is um, is very silky. He's he's decent with with uh, his back to goal, you know, like you know getting played in and then laying it off for somebody. So uh, yeah, I'm not saying that's his best position, but I think he he seems to have the profile of somebody that could potentially be successful there. Um, so I, I I'd be interested to see that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, either way, we just we just need a, a larger share of the minutes uh, to to involve him uh, for sure. Um, and I I don't think there's very many people that would disagree with that at this point. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I knew you were kind of reading my mind because I was thinking, you know, I would love to see, you know, Harit and, and uh, Katuchu kind of in a, you know, interchangeable 10 role, both free, free, kind of free roaming, let them do their thing because they're both very good at just roaming around and finding the open spots, open pockets, and, and linking up with their teammates. And I think if you had both of them doing that, um, as long as they're not both trying to hit the same spot, I think it could be very good things because they would really uh, disorient the, the back line of the opposition and they wouldn't know where each of the players are at any given moment. And so I think that we could really capitalize on that. So I'd be curious to see that. You know, you know definitely Katuchu in, in, in a 10 role. Obviously, you want Harit in some kind of 10 role or, or playing off the wing. But um, those it, two players linking up, you know. It would be interesting to see David Wagner try something like 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 a 3-4-2-1. Or something. So, you know, three center backs, maybe Ochipka wide left, uh, Kenny or Calgary wide right, have like Mascarell and McKenny, or, you know, Mascarell and Serdar um, central with then like, you know, Harit and Katushu, and then forming a kind of like a triangle up top yeah, with yeah. with like Benito Raman or somebody. That would be maybe an interesting look to, to give a shot to. Yeah, I, I know. It, I'm open to pretty much any way we can try to get him more minutes. So let's, let's just try some shit, see what happens, right? Run the goal play, right? Last week. <laughs> <laughs> Run the goal scoring play. That's what I would do if I was the coach. I'd call. I'd, I'd call that one in. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, th- those are pretty much all the comments. The last comment we, or one of the last comments we got that I wanted to mention, uh, Joseph Lacrida. He said, uh, "Hey, uh, Dortmund lost to uh, Bayer Leverkusen this uh, this past weekend." So yeah, and uh, it's funny because now they're in crisis mode because Halan hasn't scored in the game. So. Yeah, that he he played ninety minutes and did not score, and that's the first time I believe he's played a full ninety and hasn't scored since September of twenty eighteen, which kind of shows you, my goodness, like the effect that he has when he's given an opportunity. So, um, yeah, not really good for us that Leverkusen won that game, but I mean it was against yeah. Dortmund, so I mean whatever you're gonna. And it's funny because we were talking on the podcast before. I was saying like this Dortmund team with the addition of Holland now is so dangerous offensively that regardless of their defensive issues. If they keep scoring five goals a game, they're going to win. 
And uh, they would have won if they scored five goals a game, but they only scored three, and they gave up four. So there you go. I mean, the the, the defense, the Dortmund defense is just yeah, it's we, becoming we it's talk, becoming a problem for them. For, for we, I mean, for we real. talked about how every team has their kryptonite. Um, anyone, <laughs> Byron obviously is our kryptonite, but we have you know we obviously have like Cologne and stuff like that. Uh, Byron has you know Gladbach. Dortmund obviously has Leverkusen. Um, Leipzig has us, I guess maybe. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you know, it, every team has their kryptonite, and it seems Bayer Leverkusen always seems to get Dortmund's number, and Gladbach always seems to get Bayer's number for whatever reason. So, um, I mean, yeah, but if you're if you're making Kevin Fallen look like you know a superstar, I think you got to take a look in the mirror and ask yourself what you're doing at the back. So Lucy and Favre, I mean, he's he's got to figure that out. It's it's. I mean, I, no, he doesn't. I, he doesn't. Yeah, ideally he wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because as terrified as I am of that Dortmund attack when we face them in the Rookrunde, I am very much optimistic about the Dortmund defense at the moment. So yeah. uh, that that could make for a pretty interesting encounter between the two of us. Well, I got nothing else. What else? You got anything else that you want before we end the show? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think I'm good. I think we covered it. Uh, just really need to turn things around and get this get this dub against Mainz here because uh, if we somehow. Make it like I said before. Make it through this run of fixtures without getting three points in one of them. I I, I have a bad feeling we might live to regret that. So um, we're we're starting to see a little bit of a gap emerging between us and and the Champions League places, and we need to nip that in the bud as soon as possible. Amen. Absolutely agree with that. Um, and uh, also, here, how about this, Tadebo? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I, I like I him. Thought, I thought he looked good against you know uh, yeah. against Paderborn. Obviously, not the ideal situation with Kaba coming off. We, yeah. we hate to see that because he's been so phenomenal. Composed. Um, but uh, Tadebo, uh, pretty good passing. Had yes. some really accurate yes. long balls. Some nice switches of play. Um, capable of uh, advancing the ball with his feet too, getting past the defensive line in that way. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty promising, and and I think this game in particular, you saw why he is uh, highly rated by uh, by Barcelona supporters. So that was that was nice to see. Absolutely, and uh, hopefully we get to see more of him going forward. And even Juan Miranda, he made the game-winning uh, assist to uh, Ramon in that Polcal match. So um, I am looking forward to that uh, in the next round to see what we do in the Polcal. But also against Mainz, that's a big game for us, as we mentioned. So um, getting ready for that. Uh, we want to reach out to all you, uh, all you listeners here and, you know, we love getting the feedback from you guys, but if you guys are interested in coming on the show and, and talking a little Shaka, let us know. We, we are more than welcome to have uh, Shaka fans from all over all over the world. Um, you know, so um, while we love having our stalwarts here like Marie and, and, and Dave Lee and, su- and such, but if you, anybody else wants to come out here, come on, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll gladly have you on the talk, Shaka. Um, Jack and I talk to each other all too much. Too much, too much. Yeah, and, and no one wants to hear Curtis <laughs> Smith again on the podcast. Who? I mean, Yeah, I mean, come on. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Hi, Curdy. <laughs> On that note, uh, keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we want to thank Shaka and all the Shaka Americans who left comments and providing us tidbits for our podcast today. Thank you very much. Uh, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Shalk America. We want to give a shout-out to our very good friends at NBC4 Nashville. Thank you for your support. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? Uh, J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter, where I will be uh, promoting such important hashtags as Freakatuchu and, of course, Skugs Out as well. Um, find me there. And, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's, uh, have, let's have some discourse about our beloved Shalka, shall we? Hey-oh. That's right. 
Uh, as always, you can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Uh, but also check out uh, on YouTube. We've been put, putting some links up of uh, some clips from our podcast, uh, some tidbits here and there. So uh, check that out on YouTube. You can just look me up and you'll find uh, some shot clips there. So give that a follow as well. <sighs> Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.